All right, welcome in hockey fans in the desert southwest. It's another College Hockey Southwest Weekly Live. Uh, a few technical difficulties, so we're running just a tad behind, folks. We appreciate your patience with us. College Hockey Southwest Live is a, a production of Ice Time Desert Southwest, Inc. We're happy to be with you tonight. It's Scott Strandy live in Scottsdale, Arizona. And my co-host, Paul Hornstein, live on Long Island in New York. Paul Hornstein, how are you this evening? Uh, we're doing okay. You know, it's... Uh... <laughs> Always fun to do this, and always gets me fired up to do it, and sometimes that's good, and sometimes that's bad, but uh, we're always ready to go. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let me tell you, it's never without an effort to uh, to get things going technologically-wise. We've been uh, working here for a little while, just trying to get the main mic hookup working, and we couldn't get that done, so uh, we're trying it now um, the old-fashioned way, as they say, so... Anyway, as I said, this is College Hockey Southwest Weekly Live. Uh, We're talking NCAA hockey. We're talking Arizona State Sun Devils. Paul and I have a very special guest tonight. We're bringing on an ASU student who's up and rising in the uh, the ranks uh, already as a freshman. He's the uh, beat reporter for the uh, Arizona State State Press Sports. Avery Klatsky is going to join us here in just a short while, and we're going to talk a little hockey with him. Uh, Paul, I know you had a chance to visit with Avery today, but he's a really good kid, a really intelligent kid, and a really good hockey man. Well, I just, you know, I'd never spoken to him before, and I just felt a little awkward uh, having not had any contact with with him before we sit down and, and, and do this, so I just kind of wanted to touch base with him a few minutes. It, it, I was honestly surprised when he told me he was a freshman. I, you know, in my, in my day, uh, fr- freshmen didn't get beats uh, at the right. state press. Right. Uh, obviously my day was when they were still, uh, using the Gutenberg press, but, uh, uh but, uh, you know, th- that really didn't happen then. So when he, it caught me by surprise. Um, but, um, yeah, I just wanted to touch base and and just kind of get a feel for for you know his for him a little bit. Hopefully, uh, he'll get a, a a feel for me. Uh, he was telling me oh, that hold his on, grand- hold on, hold on a minute. We don't want anybody to go down that road. <laughs> well, okay. Um, as I was trying to say, uh, his grandfather's from Long Island, went to Valley Stream High School, uh, okay. which is okay. just over the Queens-Nassau border, um, and so there's a little bit of a connection there, and then is uh, you know, so uh, now, now I lost my train of thought. And... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry about that, but... I was just going to tell you when I when I met Coach Powers today for the five minute powers, but I did apologize for him having to having to put up with you all weekend. So he said you were a piece of cake. So that's well, better than a piece of work, right? Well, he probably made both, but that's you know. <laughs> he said no. Paul is a piece of cake. I had no problem. But a, a little backstory before we get started tonight. We uh, we uh, had a chance to uh, to visit. Today with the Passionate Brothers. I know you saw my my video. I sent it out to you in a little preview coming up on the Pitchfork profile. It's kind of funny because they jumped in right away and and they jumped over and got in front of the five minute powers play and I was banner and I was gonna move them and then and then I thought you know what no and it was funny because we went about sixteen minutes and when we finished up, Coach Powers came in. He looked in and then he went back out for a minute. We were just finishing up about another minute or so. So then Coach Powers came back in, and he, he looked at the passions. He goes, guess I don't need to do a five-minute Powers play. It looked like you guys already did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's 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 funny because uh, I did notice that, and I'm like, maybe they just forgot. You know, maybe they just forgot to <laughs> switch banners. I, I well, haven't been – I was there uh, before you had the banners, so I don't know how you had it set up in there. 
So, well, let me tell you how I have it set up. I, I string the banners up right when I get there, one on each side of beautiful Studio 3, as I like to call it, an Oceanside Ice Arena, but one on each side, right? And as I set up the uh, the the first one, I, I try to anticipate who am I going to get first, coach or player, right? And right. Uh, have my camera and tripod set up facing one way or the other. Well, I figured it was kind of busy today being senior week, so I thought uh, I'll get coached first more than likely. So I set up the camera and had everything positioned for him to come in and uh then the the, the passionate brothers came in and they just went straight there and i'm going let's Oops. just go with it there's no point there's no point in moving these two they're Oops. icons so uh so they sat down and uh and we had a great visit i know you saw it it's going to be up online so people can see it probably tomorrow uh in advance but talk about two guys that are an icon uh to what um what hockey is like at uh, at Arizona State. We'll get more into that, but first I want to bring in our, our special guest, Avery Klatsky, is with us, and uh, we want to talk a little hockey with somebody that's right there, the student at the uh, at ASU, right? I mean, what, what more is, can you get into? So, Avery, welcome aboard. Thank you. I mean, I'm not super special, but I'll take the compliment and continue on with my evening, but thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Hey, don't Absolutely. ever downplay how special being a Sun Devil is, baby. Don't ever downplay that. Right, oh, boy. From, good, but I really from one Sun Devil to another. Absolutely, Avery. Go. We love having you on board. Uh, first things first, let's talk about the season because you being a freshman, you didn't have a chance to experience you know, what Paul and I did last year with a national tournament. So I want to get your feeling for what's it like right now with a team that's got 20 wins and on the edge of a national tournament appearance? I'm, I think it's great for me personally. Um, I mean, obviously I have to remain unbiased uh, with the intricacies of covering the team, but I don't really have anything to compare this season to, which I guess is both a really good and a really bad thing um, because that means I can come in and view it as I see it and go with it. Um, but from everyone that I've talked to, from the players that I've spoken with about it, obviously today there was a, you know, it was a big moment with, uh, with re- reflecting on the past season, but... I think it's great. I think it's, I've, I'm really enjoyed it right now. Um, you know, one of the main, I was telling Paul uh, earlier this afternoon, but one of the main reasons I actually came to Arizona State was to cover the hockey team for State Press, and lo and behold, that was a goal I had, and, and it ended up working out fairly uh, quickly for me with respect to how my college career was going to plan out, so that was very nice, but it's great. I think it's really good. This, this is a very, very good hockey team, and something that was harped on a lot today um, at, at media availability after practices when this program was created, no one expected anything to come of it. No one in, in you know, college hockey really predicted that Arizona State would make a name for itself um, or do anything of that nature or nonetheless make the tournament. But they did anyway, and I think that that's really indicative of how um, you know, the, the actual culture um, in this program is and what the standard is being t- taught and upheld by Coach Powers and the rest of his coaching staff. And um, it's, it's been a really good sight to see and watch this team grow and develop and try and make the uh, the national tournament, and we'll see. They have four games left in hand, so they may be able to do it. They may not. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good point. Uh, you know, I brought this around a few times, and, and I mentioned it maybe maybe in, with you today when we were, we were chatting before um, or as practice was going on, but Coach Powers really does a lot of, deserves a lot of credit, in my mind, as to what he's put together here. Um, making an NCAA tournament one time is difficult. Making it two times in your first five years of existence and really only four years of NCAA hockey is a, is a standard that's going to be hard to beat by any other new program coming aboard NCAA hockey. You're, you're 1,000% correct. And I also think that Coach Powers, not only does he have that respect amongst the media, amongst the other ASU programs, amongst other college programs, I also think that he impacts this program in more ways that we don't even realize. We were talking a little bit this morning, Scott, about the the recruiting classes and how good this program is going to become better even more so than already cole brady a guy that we talked about a goaltender out of far out of fargo is going to come and he's a draft pick they have ryan o'reilly who's signed his nli he's a draft pick they have other guys that are going to come in and make this program even better than it already is coach powers you know on the on the wall in oceanside i'm sure you've seen it a million times it says be the tradition Coach Powers right. is that tradition. He established it, and he's continuing it as well. And I think that, you know, another national tournament appearance this season would just be another feather in the cap to prove that. Well, before we uh, get ahead of ourselves in terms of uh, six to eight weeks from now, 
the advantage you guys have is you're at practice. Now, this past weekend, and when you kind of put the pieces together, it makes sense. Um, and, Scott, you've been covering this game for a long time. I've been watching this game for a long time. Avery's been a sports fan for most of his life. Uh, and we kind of, in this genre, kind of learned to understand coach speak a little bit. Um, it's not too often that a coach will say his team is is, uh, is running out of gas. Uh, what was it like today at practice, uh, knowing that uh, the coach has already said that uh, he might have to change up the way they're doing things in practice the next couple of weeks? Uh, I'm, I think it, it shows a little bit of honesty. I mean, you know, this team has not had a break in over several months. But I think Coach Powers planned that on purpose is because he understands what his team is capable of and he knows what the guys, uh, you know, he, he knows what he demands of them, which I think is both a good and a bad thing. Um, but it's worked out fairly well for them, obviously. The, you know, they're on a five-game win streak. They have, you know, they're playing two teams that they should be able to beat. Um, but I think it's going to be interesting what happens with the line combinations and the power play and everything moving forward because I'm looking, I have actually the roster, right, or the lines right on my computer screen at the moment, and they've stayed the same for the past several games. With the exception of a couple minor things, the power play lines, the offensive lines, the defensive lines have remained the same. And I think that that might be because Coach Powers believes in the idea that if something isn't broken, you don't fix it. And maybe he may just, I mean, maybe he doesn't think that in depth. Maybe he does, I don't know. But I think he's, he knows, he's a, he's a very intelligent coach, I'm sure, and he knows what he's doing. And I think that that's good for him and that's good for the team. And although he's going to have, probably have to make a couple, couple minor changes, I know that uh, Demetrios Kumanzis is still out with injury. Uh, Powers said that he's going to be out for another week, approximately. Jacob Wilson might make a return, so that might um, alter the defensive pairings a little bit. But you know, with only four games left, I think Coach Powers knows what he's doing, and it's going to require some minor adjustments, maybe whether that be on special teams or not. But um, I think that the team has enough faith in him that he knows what he's doing to be able to push this team to a, a national tournament uh, bid. Well, you know, I can tell you firsthand what I saw today at practice too was. It, it didn't look like he took the gas off very much. He, he may have cut the practice a little short, but there was a lot of full ice stuff going on today, uh, back and forth. Um, I, the other thing I'm going to throw out there is I had a chance to visit today with longtime uh, NHL GM Cliff Fletcher, who uh, lives in Arizona and happened to be at practice. I sat down with him for a few minutes today, and we talked a little bit about it, and he's just kind of in awe of what ASU has done. I mean, he's going like, He's telling me, like, I just can't believe how they're able to put it together so quickly. So, again, another feather in the cap of uh, Coach Powers. But what I always like to ask guests, especially like of Avery's stature, when you come in and you're covering this and you're trying to be, you know, as impartial as you can, but yet you're a student on this campus, what's the buzz around the campus? Is it starting to catch on right now? Are you seeing people talking about ASU hockey? I think it is. I, I've seen a lot more students. I saw a guy actually on a, on a skateboard earlier after I came back to campus after practice who was wearing the gold alternate uniform. And, you know, people are wearing the shirts and they're wearing jerseys and they have T-shirts and hats and everything. And I think that's really cool because it doesn't only show that, you know, this is a football school or a basketball school or, a, you know, a baseball school. It's also a hockey school. And whether people like that or not, then I think that a lot of the students feel that way. And it's great. It's really cool. I mean, for what it's worth, I... I am a much more. I'm obviously a fan at the football games and the basketball games, but when I'm sitting in the press box at Oceanside, I can't really do that. I'm, I can't, and I don't want to. But so I think the fan in me um, makes an appearance at you know some of the other sporting events. But when it comes to uh, events that I'm on the beat or I'm working at, then you know it. I, I don't mind that as well. But I do think that the students feed off of that, and they really enjoy it as well. If you if you you know whenever you come to home games, the student section is really packed at Oceanside, and I think that's great. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it, the fandom and the, the media part of it is really difficult to separate. And you're in a little different position than Paul and I are because we do a lot of feature stuff. So we're allowed to be a little bit of a fan fandom part of it, or you're doing the, the hardcore stuff. And the other thing I want to throw out, and something I really enjoy. Oh, wait a second, doing, wait a second, wait a second. Time out, time out, time out. Is um, there something wrong with I, that? <laughs> no, 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 no. I I make no denials at, at who I'm going to root for, but um, as as we all know, um, I have on occasion maybe <laughs> so shall we say not so subtle, not so subtle comment uh, and criticism. <laughs> um, I'm just you know I'm a fan, but I still. 
have to call it as I see him because, uh, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, listen, I've, I've seen good and I have seen bad. I've seen the New York Giants beat the New England Patriots <laughs> and I've seen them uh, go what seems like years without winning. And I'm just as happy when they win and just as miserable when they lose. And at the same point, I love this team and – Every game is like a Christmas present. Said it a thousand times, and uh, it hasn't changed one bit. Yeah. Okay. So, so Avery, now, now you got that part of it. <laughs> Let, let's let's talk a little bit about um, what I was leading into was the stuff that you do at State Press. I, I love the stuff that you're doing, the hardcore stats stuff that you bring out because it makes us look a little closer. So, kudos on that. Keep up the good work. Thank you. I mean. I really appreciate it. I get my chops busted a little bit because I am the one non-journalism major that is at Oceanside uh, usually, which is, which is quite all right. So I put my uh, my Excel knowledge to the test a little bit and, you know, just have at, have an at it. But uh, thank you. I really appreciate that. Well, you know, like I said, we do a lot of feature stuff. That's that's why I started the company that we have. And, and one of the days that was today that I really enjoyed was sitting down with the Passionate Brothers for about 16 minutes and just having a conversation about hockey and about life and about all the things that make them tick. And this is a special week, uh, not only for ASU players, but for fans and everybody else, because it's senior week. So what's your opinion on senior week? What's it been like for you this week? I think it's great. I mean, as, as, we, as prior stated, I'm not a senior. Uh, that being said, I think it's a really, really special moment for, a, for those four guys, five if we're counting Max, Max Prozic. Um, that are never after next week or after the tournament's over are never going to be able to wear the pitchfork again. And in the media scrum today, I asked both Brinson and Tyler Bush uh, what it meant to wear the pitchfork for four years because this is the first class that went all the way from freshman year to senior year. Um, And Brinson was speechless for about five or ten seconds because he couldn't really articulate what it meant, but I think that that's because it was so special to him is that he couldn't even describe it into words. Words didn't do it enough justice how much it meant for him to be a part of this program. And, and not just a part of this program, but a part of the school as well. You know, he said he, he's going to graduate with degrees. He he's, could potentially play professional hockey because of this. He met his wife here. You know, coming to this program and joining this organization and this school and this university does so much more than just make you a better school athlete, a student athlete. It makes you a better person. It makes you a better student. It makes you a better individual, I think. And, you know, there's no greater example of that than Brinson and Steen and and all the and you know Brett Gruber and Tyler Bush. So I think that it's 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 been, it's a really good moment for them, and it's going to be bittersweet. Um, but at the same time, it is a hockey game, and you know they're going to have to come out and try and get two wins, and then do the same next weekend. But I think it's going to be a very very uh, emotional but good moment for all four of them. Could well, agree more, there, Paul. Yeah. Well, you know it's it's funny because uh, when you first get started. You know, it's like anything else, Scott. When you first start something, you think it's never going to end. And I'm sure, you know, Avery, being a freshman, is not even thinking about his senior year yet. And all of a sudden, it's going to be on him, and he's going to be like, oh, my God, where did it go? So I, I get and understand uh, the the feelings of those players. Um because I'm not going to lie, I'd be a super, 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 super duper senior if they didn't tell me, you graduated, you have to leave. <laughs> You've earned your credits. Get out. We're sick of seeing you. Exactly. So. And so, I mean, and we talk about that, but, you know, like you said, you, you mentioned as well, Avery, is that the, uh, you know, the game does go on, if you will, right? There's four more games to go. Give me your thoughts on uh if you had to look in a crystal ball right now, and let's just say they, they go three and four, is that going to be enough, do you think, in your estimation, to get them into the tournament? I, I, it depends. So if, if they win both games against Anchorage and lose one of the games in Wisconsin, I think they make the tournament. If they lose the games against Anchorage, I think that hurts a lot, mainly because Anchorage is, num- is number 56 in the pairwise rankings, which is fourth from last. Um, last, ironically, is Mercyhurst, who beat ASU in the first game of the <laughs> season, but... If you had to lose one game, if ASU had to drop one, then uh, I think they would rather drop one against Wisconsin. Obviously, they want to win all four. Obviously, they want to do as good as they can. Um, I think it's possible that they can go 4-0. The, the one skepticism that I have with respect to that is that they've been somewhat inconsistent 
with maintaining a sweep and playing a full 60 minutes, which is the one mild criticism of this team I will have. You know, they, they back in the Vermont series in November, they won the first game and, and tied the second. You know, the, the week after against Denver, they won the first and tied the second. The week after that in Michigan State, they won the first and lost the second in overtime. The week after that, they played Nebraska-Omaha, won the first, lost the second. So this is a team that is capable of sweeping all four games and winning all four games, but it's also a team that is capable of, you know, falling victim to themselves and not playing a full 60 minutes. I think that they are more than capable of winning all four games. They're just going to have to play at least what, you know, what Coach Powers has talked a lot about is playing a complete game and, you know, putting the pedal to the metal and not letting up, uh, not letting up anything. Well, Avery, you're the numbers guy, and, and you would understand this kind of a little bit better than I would. Uh, if you have the pairwise in front of you, and I think you do, you see how close it is from 6 to 16. So it wouldn't take much in one direction or the other uh, for anything to happen. So if I'm reading those numbers correctly, um, this is this they could end up a two seed and they can be out of it too. You're right. You're right. When when people say that a team controls its own destiny, they're they're correct. And that's the case with ASU at the moment. But I think that that's a good thing for them because I think that, that now they understand that, you know, hey, they're, they're probably thinking to themselves, if we want this, if we want to make the tournament again, if we want to get that shot at a national championship, we got to go out there and win this game and do it again and do it again and do it again. They have to be, they're in charge of their own destiny. It's not like, you know, I'm, I'm from Dallas, so I'm a Cowboys fan. It's not like, you know, the season where the Cowboys won, but they could have not made the playoffs anyway, which unfortunately happened. So uh, I promise I won't hold it against you. I appreciate the support. That being said, I think I think I think that this is a, a perfect opportunity if you're ASU to show the NCAA and show the rest the other teams. You know, we mean business, and we're going to go out here and we're going to take what's ours, and we're going to make the tournament again. Yeah, great point. Um, and I'll reiterate a little bit of what Brinson uh, told me today. Is I, I asked him, I said, you know, four wins, and I think you're a lock. Uh, anything short of four wins, you might be waiting. He said, yeah, I, I think really in the bottom of my heart, I think that, that three wins will get us in. But in his words, why leave anything to chance? I, 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 I agree with that. I mean, I'm obviously not a player on the team, obviously, but I, I think he's right. And, you know, we'll have, as members of the media, we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. Um, I am actually looking at the Anchorage numbers. I have the spreadsheet already made, in case you were wondering. But ASU, <laughs> I wasn't. Sti- I knew you had it. <laughs> You're good. Uh, ASU statistically outmatches Anchorage in almost every single category you can think of. You know, they're better at home. Anchorage has only won one game on the road this season. They have, you know, the highest point score for Anchorage has 15 points. There's, it's by my count, at least five or six players on ASU's roster that have more than that. Um, the goaltending is is. A little interesting because Evan DeBrower has gotten a bulk of the starts this season, but Anchorage has you know has mainly split between two players. But you know they've scored more goals, they have more assists, they have more collective points, they have let fewer penalty minutes, they have a much higher plus-minus rating. Um, you know everything that you can say or break down into a statistical category. I'd like to imagine that ASU has been better at this season. Um, that being said, there are obviously externalities and, and anomalies to those numbers, um, or else there would be no point. Numbers wouldn't ex- and the statistics wouldn't exist, or they'd held no value. Um, you know, with that being said, I think that number it's a you know hockey is obviously a numbers game, but it doesn't really mean anything if you don't go out and continue to prove it. So we'll see how it works out this weekend and the week after that, and see if ASU can uh, keep that trend going and you know increase their win streak by four games. Well, the the one thing you have to be careful of when you play a hockey game uh, is running into a hot goalie, and you could have one of the Anchorage goalies uh, have that kind of night. And you'd have to hope that ASU would just not get frustrated and not allow themselves to start gripping their sticks too tight if the game is closer, longer and longer into the game. They just have to go out and play their game. And more often than not, uh, talent usually will win out. And I don't think there's any question that uh, ASU is probably the more talented team. Uh, and they are playing at home, so that should be an advantage where ASU has only got two losses, if I'm correct, at home this year. That's so two, two losses and two ties, that's correct. Right, so uh, that should play well into ASU's hands, but once again, you run into that goalie and you never, never know. 
That's correct. And I also think, I think the one thing that, I'm not trying to play devil's advocate, but I also am trying to play devil's advocate a little bit. Is <laughs> Go that for the, it. The one, the one thing that goes against that in, in favor of ASU is the fact that their offense is so much better uh, than most right. of the teams that they end up playing. Uh, I'm looking at the numbers now, and uh, Alaska Anchorage has scored 58 goals this season, which is 52nd in the, in the NCAA. ASU has scored 103, which is tied for fifth. So the Sun Devils are two goals sh- or three goals shy, excuse me, of having double the amount of goals that Alaska Anchorage has scored this entire season. So you're right; you're 1,000 percent correct. As a as a Dallas Stars fan, I know what it is like to run into a hot goaltender in a second round. Um, but you know, <laughs> sort of a self roast, but we'll roll with it. But um, I think that. Um, it's possible. You're you're entirely right. You know, either Chris Carlson or Christian Steed could go on a roll and shut him out, or ASU's offense can power through and continue to find success. So we'll really have to see how it plays out. All right, I'm going to play devil's advocate too, if you'll pardon the pun. But um, listen, we're the <laughs> devils here. You're a bulldog. Stop. <laughs> okay, so let's uh, let's throw this out. Coach Powers always tells me that it doesn't really matter what that number is, the ranking number he's talking about next to your name. He believes in college hockey. Anybody can beat anybody on any given night. So that being said, this Alaska Anchorage team, for some reason, has really jumped up against a team like Minnesota State. They give them fits. They were very close to beating them the other night. In your guys' opinion, does that mean that they play up to their competition? And would that mean they would play up to Arizona State? Or does that mean that they just have the number of Mankato State and they can battle with them uh, you know, every inch of the way until it, it, it's a three-two game or overtime win or something like that. Uh, well, I think. Go ahead. You go ahead, Avery. Uh, you go first. Uh, sure. So I, I don't really know per se because there's two really thought processes when I think of that. The first one is, you know, they may come into this game knowing like, hey, we're not making the tournament. It was kind of not that good of a year. You know, whatever. Let's just finish out the season. Or they may say, you know what? Screw it. Like, you know, let's go out there and play hard hockey because we got to give it our all. And I, I would imagine that as a, as a Division One hockey program, they would think like that. Um, you know, however, they've lost I'm, – I'm looking at their schedule at the moment. They've lost one, two, three, four, five, six out of their past seven. And the only externality to that was, was a tie against Mankato. So, you know, I would probably agree that they're probably going to come out and with a little bit of fire because they do have six more games as opposed to four for the rest of the season. So – I'll say maybe, but, um, you know, I don't really know where to go with that in all honesty, but I really do think that they're going to come out guns blazing and try and uh, take ASU by surprise. You know, ASU did that all last season. That's the reason, the, one of the reasons that Paul and I talked about this again this morning is that they took legitimately everyone by surprise. They can't do that anymore. Um, and not that Alaska Anchorage isn't an established program, but I think that because maybe they don't have a, as good a record or maybe they don't have players in the top ten in point scoring – um, you know they can. They're one hundred percent perceived as the underdog in this game, and that may wor- uh, serve as their advantage. Well, the, I was about to address that. Uh, Anchorage could see this as a chance to really make their season to knock a team out of the tournament. So you have to be careful with that. And as Avery said, they're not taking anybody by surprise anymore. Uh, there's a target on their back. There has been the last few weeks because uh, I think uh, other teams that uh, have come in and given uh, ASU their best effort. I mean, Brown jumped out to that 3 nothing lead. Uh, RIT played them tough. Robert Moore, everybody has played uh, ASU tough, uh, even to the point where they've gotten down two or three goals and, and stayed in the games and came back. So I think ASU has a target on their back. It might be a bit of a different target than normal, but a target nonetheless. Uh, And, you know, it'll be a different target if they get through this weekend, next weekend at Wisconsin. So uh, nobody's going to take them lightly, as Avery said. And it's just a matter of how does ASU respond to getting people's best shots. All right, Paul, I know you've seen this. Avery hasn't had a chance to see our video today yet from uh, the Passionics, but one of the things I brought up to the Passionic brothers was I said last year you guys ended the season at Minnesota, and I traveled up there to see that series, and Minnesota being a traditional blue blood, if you will, of college hockey, probably played their best weekend series of the entire year, and it was 
noted from the moment they got on the ice on Friday night that they were going to show people that ASU was not ever going to beat Minnesota, period. Uh, this year I asked Steen Passionate right up front, I said, what's your thoughts going into Wisconsin? Because Wisconsin is in about the same shape that Minnesota was last year, but somehow I don't think Minnesota, or Wisconsin's got that same feeling. I think ASU wants to go up there and show Wisconsin that we can take care of you. Any thoughts on that, Avery? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, looking at Wisconsin's numbers, they have been statistically the worst team in the Big 12 this season. Um, but, you know, along with that, they've played a lot of similar opponents that ASU has. They played, they played Michigan State four times this season. They played Nebraska-Omaha twice. They played Clarkson twice. Um, so I think that you're right, and I think that, you know, ASU is going to have to, as, as I stated earlier, they're going to have to play a full four games. They're going to have to play from the drop of the puck in the first period to the end of the ga- the, the end of the horn at the end of the game, um, if they want to win. It's this is not an easy league. This is not I've, with good reason. This is not, you know, Pee Wee or what have you. Like this is Division One college hockey, and if ASU wants to make a name for itself again and make a tournament, make the tournament again, they're going to have to prove it and they're going to have to go in and not take Wisconsin lightly because I know that Wisconsin Wisconsin has not had a year that they'd like. But I'm sure there's probably some pent-up anger about that. You know, they're probably upset that they're not doing as well as they are. They're probably upset that they're not going to make the tournament. But I think that ASU is going to have to come into that weekend and this weekend, uh, mind you, with some extra mentality and some aggression uh, offensively and defensively and in net. They're going to have to play all out for these next four games if they want to make the tournament. All right. We all know the tournaments. Go ahead, Paul. I have to tell you, I loved, loved, loved Steen's answer to that question uh, when he goes, yeah, the Blue Bloods hate us, and we're okay with that. Loved it. <laughs> Loved it. Avery, when you get a chance to see it, I think you'll agree with me. He's like, yeah, we know they don't like us. It's just, oh, well, too bad on them. I loved that answer. That was my favorite answer in the whole the whole interview. So um, look out for that when, 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 it comes off, when, it, when it comes online. And uh, I, that is the perfect perfect answer all right so before we let Avery go we'll do one final thing we'll talk about the teams that are going to be probably the top seeds in the NCAA tournament and your thoughts on we already saw ASU go and do battle against Denver and nearly sweep Denver but when you look at the the top seeds Avery and that could be North Dakota or, or Minnesota State or Boston College or whoever it is What's your thoughts? Can ASU play with anybody, or is there a team where you look out there and go, man, that's just not going to be a good matchup no matter how you shake it? I think it's certainly possible. Uh, AS, there's, there's two opponents in which rank higher than ASU in the pairwise that ASU played this season. Or, excuse me, three. One being Cornell, who's number nine. Uh, Denver, who's five. And then uh, Corn- or, excuse me, Minnesota State, who is uh, number two. Minnesota, ASU got swept by Minnesota State in the third week of the season. Um, or, excuse me, the second week of the season. Uh, as I'm sure you know and has been reported. They beat Denver and tied once, which is great for ASU, and then they also split the series against Clarkson. They are more than capable of playing with any of these teams on the list. If they weren't capable of doing that, they wouldn't be as high as they are in the pairwise, so I think that that's working out well for them. Um, and I think they're, they're, they can absolutely do it. It would be really funny, as, as someone who did follow the team slightly last season as a senior in high school, it would be very comical to see Quinnipiac somehow miraculously rise in the pairwise and or something in ASU play them. I don't know if that's statistically possible or not, but that would be quite um, quite the comedic scene. But I, I do think that it's certainly possible. That, you know, Obviously, North Dakota is much more established and may have more talent, may be better at scoring, but you know, ASU's been able to beat teams that are ranked higher than them before, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they do it again uh, should they get matched up with a team that's ranked higher than them. Paul, you got a thought? Uh, well, my thought is uh, they play at Anchorage on Friday, and <laughs> I, I, as a guy that's been a coach at a, for a bunch of years, uh, they play Anchorage on Friday, and I think that I have to worry about Anchorage first. And, you know, that comes down to that whole magic number thing, right, Scott? Yeah, it's four. One. <laughs> so... But, All right, Avery. Uh, th- thanks for jumping wait, hold, in with wait, us. Wait, wait hold time what? out. Time There's out. more. There's more. Yeah, I have a question. Okay, give him a so, question. I am. So, uh, what, Avery, in this season of covering this team for the first time, uh, 
What is one thing that caught you by surprise about covering this team on a regular basis? Man, that's actually a really good question that I didn't expect to be asked when I came on the uh, the program. So, <laughs> I, uh, unfortunately I, for you, I couldn't prep you for it because I just nah, that's all right. That's all right. I'll probably I have a couple answers. The first one would probably be just okay. the personability of the players on the roster. You know, they're all very nice guys, and it's they made they make my, my, our job easy. You know, we try and make their job easy with respect to them speaking to the media and everything. So, I think that that has been one of the more enjoyable. Um, aspects of working and covering the team because everyone wants to be there, you know? Obviously, like, everyone in the media wants to be there, obviously. Everyone on the team wants to be there. It, it is a good environment to work in and for a good environment for the athletes, student-athletes to play in. That would be number one. Number two would be a game, the game against RIT when they played the goal horn because the entire season they never had a goal horn, and I was just surprised <laughs> that they had a goal horn. And, and I, I've been, I made jokes with Mitch, who's the sports information director of the team, who's in charge of all the communication and everything, and I made a joke with him about it. I was like, oh, hey, the goal horn, because I'd been nudging him about it legitimately all season to the point where he was probably tired of it. And then the, uh, the third and probably the most memorable uh, experience was when I almost got drilled in the face with a puck last game. That was yes. quite... That was almost that was a quite uh, the scary scene. It was a, it was the first game against Robert Morris on the thirty first. I was literally writing a tweet on my computer, and I just see a puck fly across my face, and I lost. I almost fell out of the chair, and you know we were looking around, and it hit, thank God it hit one of the tripods because if not, I would have probably had to send my mom a picture of my face and tell her that I needed to head to the dentist. But that was probably you the funniest. But, yeah, uh, listen. Missing a couple of teeth, that would have made you fit right into the hockey locker room. And, yeah, I, uh, I, as, <laughs> I think they, and I think Scott, all the players would have gone nuts. And as Scott will tell you, and I will tell you, uh, welcome to the. Uh, I can't believe how nice hockey players are. They are by far, by far, and, and I've dealt with all of them. The the most agreeable, the most down to earth. And the most relatable athletes of all the athletes as a group that you'll ever deal with. Be the, and this is not to knock uh, football players or baseball players or basketball players or uh, players. From other, they are, without question, uh, the best guys to deal with in terms of uh, just when they're off the ice. You're right. I actually do have one quick minor story about that. It was... A couple weeks ago, I, I'm from Dallas, and so the tech, I talked with you a little bit about this uh, earlier this afternoon, Paul, but I, the, one of the main reasons I got involved with following hockey is because there was a North American Hockey League team called the Texas Tornado about 10 minutes, 5 minutes north of where I lived. And so my dad and I would always go out and watch those games because they were so close and it was convenient that it was to the point where I just really enjoyed hockey so much more than anything else and just watching it and being around it. And I have a Texas Tornado sweatshirt that I wore to the rink because it's 10 degrees in the rink, uh, which is great. And, but, we will um, not comment on the weather on this show. Exactly. Uh, you're done with so, that. That's understandable. So I was wearing it at the rink, and Johnny Walker walks by, who played in the North American Hockey League. And he was like, oh, my goodness, the Texas Tornado, what a blast from the past. And it's just it's that sort of camaraderie that I think that, you know, obviously I'm not super immersed in because I'm not on the roster and not in the room all the time or ever, but... It's that sort of camaraderie and that sort of culture that, t- that Coach Powers has tried to build over the past several years that I think makes um, Oceanside and makes this team a really special thing. Couldn't end it any better than that. Well done, Avery. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for uh, letting us keep you a little longer than, than planned probably. But uh, your insight, uh, keep up the good work. It's, uh, it's second to none, and, and I know we all appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you taking the time. Have a good night, man. All right, my friend Paul. Yes, sir. As we as we roll on in the hockey world, um, we we talked about uh, the the Pashniks and all of their successes, and 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 then we talked about Tyler Bush and Brett Gruber and and Max Project, and a lot of a lot of people today were talking about is Max Project really a senior? And I'm going like, absolutely. I mean, that guy oh, is probably he? yeah, he's probably as deserving a senior as. Uh, as uh, um, anything because of the fact that he came um, on board with this program as a graduate transfer. Can you imagine you, you've finished up your undergrad stuff and then all of a sudden you move across the country and, and join a group of guys. You don't even know if you're, you're not guaranteed a spot to play. You just want to continue to play and make friends. And, you know, I remember Max telling me that in the Pitchfork profile is that he really, 
enjoyed the fact that he was making more new friends. Brett Gruber last week on the Pitchfork Profile, I asked him what was the big thing about playing hockey at ASU, and he said, the, you know, the thing of it is, is that I've made so many new friends, lifelong friends. So well, that's really what it's all about, right? Well, it really is. Uh, as as you've gotten exposed to a little bit, uh, you know, off the air, so to speak, um, it, it's kind of the same thing. Uh, when I was a student, I spent most of my time at the radio station, and that is where most of my lifelong friends have come from. Uh, you know, a lot of people that I still speak to today uh, on a regular basis in one form or another. And I graduated in 1989. So you are talking a lot. I of wasn't years. even born then. No, I didn't say 1889. <laughs> I said 1989. <laughs> okay. okay. So, right. <laughs> so I, I totally understand that experience and I totally understand that mindset. And by the way, uh, he's only been here a year. But Max won a couple of big games for this team this year, so he's well, been he a contributor did. on the he's been a contributor on the ice too. So let's not forget okay. that. So when somebody says, "Well, does he really count?" Heck, yes, he does. Let me tell you also, Max Protic was a guy that that saved this team in the uh, in the very start in July in China because Evan DeBrower wasn't able to make that trip for those unforeseen barking reasons, as we might want to call them. Uh, and Max is one of the guys, him and Justin Robbins, stu- stood up and won them a tournament in China. That's how it all started. So so, uh, the, so anybody that would think that is just wrong. And they're just, yeah. I mean, you're not paying attention if you're thinking that. So, uh, yes, he's just as deserving of the accolades as anybody else that's going to get them on Saturday night that's been here for four years. So... Okay, so I want to I want to wrap things up a little bit tonight about talking about the NCAA tournament. I know this is your unfavorite part of anything is to talk predictions in the future, but what, when we talk about it, it's time now to start paring things down. You've already brought it up once tonight about how close everything is from six to sixteen in the pairwise numbers. Yeah, uh, but but what I think is outside the sixteen, I really have a hard time finding teams that are going to be able to in the last four to three to four weeks of the season or, you know, whatever it is to be able to make that jump. I think the clarity is starting to come now in almost every conference. You know, let's start NCHC. I think that, you know, clear out favorite is North Dakota. I mean, I would be shocked if they don't win their conference tournament, but even if they don't, okay, you know that Minnesota Duluth and you know that Denver are pretty much locks to get in. So there's three out of your 16, Right. Fair. I don't see anybody uh, else yeah, in the conference unless they were to somehow eke out a conference so championship. Get, this is this is one of the things uh, that conference is so hard. If you, it's so hard for an underdog uh, to get hot at the end of the season and go through that gauntlet that is the NCHC at least at the top. Uh, I mean, could Western Michigan make a run? Yeah, they could. Uh, could Bowling Green, I mean, Bowling Green is a WCHA, excuse me. Um, could uh, somebody else besides Western Michigan maybe take a shot? I guess, listen, maybe they beat the first, the, the win the, the a first round matchup in, in an upset, but you're just not going to beat all, you're not going to beat Denver, Duluth, and North Dakota. You're just not going to do it. So, uh, the odds of a team that wouldn't be in the tournament coming out of that conference, uh, I would say no. Yeah, I'd agree with you. And, and, that, I mean, and any and any conference that doesn't have an upset winner just helps ASU. Yeah, absolutely. And and like Coach Power said today, they're only one of four teams right now in NCAA hockey with twenty or more wins. Um, so. If ASU were to get to 24, which would be sweeping their last two weekends. Oh, they're in. They yeah, get to they're 24, locked. they're in. They're locked. That's, that, they're locked. As a matter of fact, if they should do that, they would probably be a two seed. And that's exactly where I was going. That's the point that I was going. If they're able to win out, I believe they'll be a two seed somewhere. 
But, so, you know, mean that, that's it. Go ahead. As you said, you I, I hate doing that, but just, you know, just based on having the discussion and having the, the, the thought process, uh, winning four out of four and actually going into the NCAA tournament with a 10-game winning streak would give them – I would be shocked, and we'll never know unless it happens, that they would not be a two seed. Uh, anything less than four for four, they go three for four. Um, and assuming one of those losses is Wisconsin, um, I, I can't imagine they would drop to a four seed. But, I mean, like I said, it's so razor thin, depending on what else happens. It's, three out of four might not get them in. The only thing we know for sure is four out of four does. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we got about five minutes left to wrap things up. So as I look at it, and I know it's hard to predict the future and anything else, but when I just look at what ASU has done this year, I find it really hard to find a team other than North Dakota that I would say is a favorite to beat them at any level. Um, Minnesota State's proven they can, right? Denver's right. tied them. We don't know about Minnesota Duluth or Boston College or any of those. But, man, oh, man, when you just look at what they've done, and the, and the two things that I want to point out in my end of the segment here, Paul, is what, what I've seen out of this ASU team this year versus any other year, they've shown an ability to win games, even if they're close games, even if they're not playing well, even if it's a hot goaltender. They've done a really, really good job of winning hockey games that maybe in the past they would have lost. And number two is they've shown... Uh, at least me, that they have the ability to play up to the competition, which is good, but they also have the ability to play down to the competition. So as we know in the tournament, those 16 teams that get into the NCAA tournament, they're going to have to play equal to or up to, which I think is a good thing going forward for the Arizona State Sun Devils. Well, you know, the, 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 the thing that would be uh, in their favor, and I know we've talked about this at different times. Uh, this is a team that actually can uh, use the rest uh, if they manage to make it through this gauntlet of the last four games. I know it will stink to not play for five weeks, but I think considering that they've had some injuries and all the other issues going on throughout the season, that this would be a very, very welcome rest. And I think they'll at least be obviously more experienced in how they handle it. Well, I know you heard a chance. We've got a couple minutes left, but I know uh, you heard the uh, five-minute powers play already with Coach Powers, and and I kind of poked him just a little bit because I, I like to do that. I know how his feeling is. He said, nobody believed me that we were going to be better this year without Joey Decord. Nobody said this. Nobody said that. And I said, well, Coach, let me tell you something. I think that next year is going to be your best team ever. And he kind of gave me a wry smile and he said, I do too, but I don't really want to get into it because I want to stay in the moment and stay with these talented players, which he should. But I told him, I said, you know what? I'm looking at who you're bringing in and I'm looking at who you're bringing back and I can see you guys chasing 30 wins. And he got a chuckle out of me. He goes, 30 wins is really hard. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, well, I'm not even, I'm not even going to go there. Uh, they, need one, they need one win. They play Alaska Anchorage on Friday. But here's Friday. my point. I, no, here's yeah, my point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's my point before like, I say goodbye, Paul. you got to have some some goals set out there, right? That's why I do my uh, my magic number thing because it, it, I don't care if they see it or not. It's up to I like to see a goal. I like to see them chasing something. So if you put out a mark and you tell them that, I think you can hit 30 wins next year, Coach. You don't think that in the back of his head he's going, eh, I'm going to show this guy. I can get to 30. I can get to 31. Uh, this team next year, Paul, trust me, I'm telling you this right now in February, this team next year is going to be unbelievably special. It's going to be a culmination of last year and this year put together. They are going to be really something. Knock on wood that they stay healthy. Um, does next year's team get to play Alaska this week? <laughs> good good way to finish all right 
I hear you. Finish it up with our sponsors. Let everybody know who who helps us put this broadcast on. And next week, we hope to have uh, everything going, great guns and, and rolling on. But tell everybody who brings this uh, this great show to them. Well, of course, we have our buddies over at Sprint and behind the mask and Roger Kleins. And I haven't been able to figure out how to say the new name yet. I know we have the, the production on oh. it, but... I haven't figured out how to say it yet. Well, well, to uh, me, it's still Roger Klein's Mexican Moonshine. It'll always uh, be that, even though they change the name. Well, we got to get the we got to get the name change right, and people with much more talent than I have did. Uh, and me. But we thank them. <laughs> uh, Jesse Ray's up in Las Vegas. Uh, Oxy Pow, uh, behind the mask, Oceanside, Ice Den Chandler, and Scottsdale. Uh, Am I, am I friends at M Drive, M Drive, M Drive, yeah, M yep, Drive, and, uh, and of course yeah. I always forget these guys because they're they're I, I don't forget them on purpose, but the the club hockey teams at ASU and and University of Arizona step up with tickets for us and promotional stuff is always great because they're a pay for play, Paul. So if they're willing to, to jump on board and get some stuff, um, kudos to them. I'm going to end it right now by telling you that ASU hockey has probably never been better. And I say that with the national championship at the ACHA level, but their NCAA team, 29-3. and three. And when you look at the, uh, the ACHA D1 team, they now have 21 wins against just seven losses. So uh, that's a pretty impressive run for hockey at Arizona State University. Oh, yeah. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in to College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Paul and I will be back next week, next Tuesday, 7.30. Catch us live. Catch us on the uh, the, the repodcast. Uh, catch us at icetimesw.com. Or go ahead and get on our social media sites at icetimesw and tell us what you think of the show. And Until next week, Paul Hornstein, have a great week. Let's see two more wins to talk good about night. next Tuesday night. Hopefully. <laughs>